Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. We are live for a very special and brand new edition of On to the Next One, everybody. We are live on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. You can hear the show shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network as we are coming off of a pretty crazy ending to UFC 292. We have a brand new UFC Bantamweight champion. We're welcoming you to the program. We're also welcoming you Still, to the Sugar Show. It is officially the Sugar Show and the, at the top of the Bantamweight division after Sean O'Malley shockingly knocks out Aljamain Sterling in round two. It'll be one of the all-time moments that we look back on. Crazy finish. Crazy ending to a card. Let's be honest. Super fun prelims. Main card wasn't bad, but it was kind of dragging a little bit. And then this moment just kind of put it over the top. What a crazy ending to UFC 292. But I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always, as you can see, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, the man who is fully invested in the Tough 31 finale fights. Oh, yeah. So cons- maybe we can consider this in a way the the final episode of Tough Hang. Maybe there'll be some matchmaking. Maybe you'll do two wild cards this week, AK. How are you? Are you, are you looking at my Google Docs or something? What's going on? We can't <laughs> can't give that away. <laughs> Not that I would do that. I would never just waste a wild card until the fighter competitors. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, shout outs to, uh, of course, my boys Celtic. You know, Boston appropriate enough celebrating the the only real Celtic team that matters. Celtic FC currently taking the pitch right now against Kilmarnock uh, as they advance towards another League Cup championship. Uh, but that's not important right now, right? UFC 292. That was a. I thought that was a perfectly booked card. Not to make it sound like too you know pro wrestler pro wrestlingy, but if you were the UFC. I don't know if you could have asked for uh, on paper. They did a great job of the matchup. So they set themselves up to succeed and almost everything played out in per- maybe everything. I'm trying to think what could have gone better. Maybe a Chris ride, uh, Chris Weidman win, but even the way that played out was kind of like, uh, it kind of was for the better. Maybe um, 
So I, I, we might not get a chance to talk about Chris. I'll say when I say well booked, I mean like they gave Weidman a beatable opponent. He went the distance. There were some uncomfortable moments in there, but uh, he loses. If he this is the last time he fights, at least he can say he got back in the cage one more time. Doesn't sound like he wants to walk away. Uh, but that was a nice moment. And then we got finishes. We got really inspiring. I thought Ultimate Fighter winners. The main event, obviously. I don't know. I don't want to. You know, however you want to phrase the UFC. Um, you know their 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 treatment of Sean O'Malley. Whether you want to call it favorable or just you know that they 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 like the kid. Um, they could not. They are clearly, clearly super happy. Uh, that they have this guy as champion, and why shouldn't they be? He appeals to a a, a young demographic that they every company out there is trying to grab. Um, and he did in spectacular fashion. You know, created a super memeable moment, a viral moment. This was again, if this was a pro wrestling show, this is how I would have booked. This is how I would have booked the fights. This is how I would have booked the winners. It was it was great theater. It was. It absolutely was. And this Sean O'Malley is a tier one star now. It's it's official. He's a tier one star. We talk about like where the you know the Charles Oliveras, the Max Holloways, those types of guys are. Uh, they're they're very strong tier twos, which is a, a very good place to be in today's UFC. But there are very few tier one stars, and Sean O'Malley is officially a tier one star after that win last night. No yeah, yeah. I don't know if we could put up now. He's gonna take time to build up to become like a McGregor, like a crossover star, like a McGregor, Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar. He's not there yet. That's like tier one A. That's like S tier if you want to go like the extra extra level S tier. But he is in that. I think John Jones. I would say John Jones. You know, was a tier one, pretty convincing draw. Is he? Um, yeah, is he now? Exactly, is he now? Uh, we'll see if he ever, if he can get sort of the pay per view popularity of like a gsp or like Anderson silva and obviously i'm not comparing their resumes but as far as mainstream recognition there's a lot of people who are gonna know who this guy is if they don't already very soon he's gonna be yeah. all over the place i just know friends of mine who don't even watch mma who just follow sports in general are gonna see clips of that knockout gonna see clips of this guy and be like oh this guy looks interesting i want to know more about sean o'malley so uh he, he's just it just reeks of marketability in this modern landscape and we really can't say enough how crazy it is that he lived up to the hype from that started, what, six, seven years ago, right? Snoop Dogg, O'Malley, O'Malley, O'Malley. And then O'Malley going to going to smoke up with him after. And already people were like, wow, I got to keep an eye on this kid. The knockout was incredible. That earned him the, the UFC contract. There's been ups and downs since. But whether he won, whether he lost, whether people liked him, whether people hated him, we were talking about all these results. We were talking about the highlight real knockouts. We're talking about the con- the IPO controversy with Pedro Munoz. We're talking about the uh, the the loss to, to to Marlon Vera. People still want to see that rematch. So everything has played out as you would want to play out for a a controversial slash popular star, whatever word people want to use to describe him. He's he's just out there. How how crazy is it that the UFC they put the finish of the fight on YouTube? You saw that? I did. It was uh they're they're trying to you gotta capitalize on this. You gotta capitalize this. And yeah. I was saying I, I was saying all weekend, I said it on the preview show, especially being out in Boston, which was super cool to be there during fight week and, and be back home and all that. Everything on paper screamed that Algerman Sterling stylistically was going to run over Sean O'Malley. Everything about it just screamed that way. But Definitely. there was a there was a absolute vibe in the air in Boston that it doesn't matter what things look like on paper on this night in this fight, in that building on that date, Sean O'Malley's going to do something crazy and win the title. And the vibes were immaculate. 
and the vibes overtook any sort of stylistic breakdown in this fight altogether. It was incredible. Vibes are tough to beat. Uh, it's it's hard to go in. We've seen people fall flat. We've seen people soar. In this case, this kid soared. Uh, I want. I mentioned the YouTube. I just want to say eight hours. This was posted eight hours ago. Two point four million views already. Two point four. Maybe they're costing themselves a couple of pay per view replay buys. I don't think in the long run it's going care. to matter compared to this exposure. Because one, I think it probably did a decent buy already. So whatever they get after is maybe a few extra thousand buys, right? Compared to the publicity that and this this clip circling, I bet by the end of Sunday we're talking probably three and a half million views, maybe four. By the end of the weekend, four million views on a YouTube video for you know. Um, and again, they want people talking about it. People are talking about it. We're talking about it, and I, I'm I'm very curious to see what uh, what you want next for him, actually. It's it, look, we're, we're, we're going to get right into the matchmaking. Uh, if you guys have thoughts on the particular fights we're talking about, please put your ideas in the chat. We'll pull them up on the screen. And then at the very end, we're going to make our wild card picks for somebody that we didn't matchmake for already. And then we'll go through like 10 or 15 minutes of just, we're just going to n- throw your suggestions on the screen. We'll discuss until you got to get out of here. We'll go until about 11 a.m. Eastern. We'll go for about 52 minutes before I have to check out of this hotel. And that's that. So let's get into it. Here's the thing about Sean O'Malley being the champion, AK. Meritocracy is now out the window. When you become a star, you get to call your shots. And the UFC is in the business of making the biggest fights possible here. So while meritocracy is not going to really be involved here. As I said, if you listen to the heck of morning, literally from the second that this fight was announced, I put this all out there. So I'm just going to say it. If Aljamain Sterling won, who's going to vacate the title. We're going to get Marab versus a Cejudo or somebody like that. It still would have been an interesting storyline to see who was going to get put into that vacant title fight. But if Sean O'Malley won the belt and this guy did what he needed to do on Saturday, they were 1 million percent going to book this fight. And guess what? The vibes are immaculate. It played out this way. We're going to get the highly anticipated rematch. This will be the biggest drawing fight in the history of the UFC Bantamweight division. It is going to be for Sean O'Malley's first title defense, Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Chito Vera. That is the fight. That has always been the fight. And that was the hope for the UFC when they put this card together. Because even when Henry Cejudo was injured and out of this fight, it was imperative that Marlon Vera fought on this card. It was imperative that Marlon Vera had a media day and was asked about Sean O'Malley. And it was imperative that both these guys stood near each other, sat near each other at a press conference and had a back and forth. Everything played out perfectly. It's going to be Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera. Whether Cheeto Vera, quote unquote, deserves it or not, this is the fight they're going to make. It's the right fight. It's the right fight. It makes a lot of sense. As you said, everything couldn't have played out better. Uh, I, I wish O'Malley had, <clears throat> sorry guys, campaigned for it a little stronger after, but he did mention it. He did mention, he mentioned it right after the fight, post-fight interview. He was asked about it at the post-fight press conference. He mentioned it. He didn't say he didn't want the fight. He just said, he kind of did the sort of cool guy shoulder shrug, but did say it made sense to have that story. You have to think he wants to get that one back, even though he's long maintained. He he always calls that fight a win or he calls that, or just says that fight was like, it didn't happen. He just ignores it. doesn't even count his record. Um, it is a legitimate loss. I would think he wants to get it back. The history is there. It makes sense. Can I also say, and I, I preface this by, I think people sh- might know, should know, I'm, I'm not like a huge fan of O'Malley personally, just some of the stuff and decisions he makes, but he could not have handled the promotion of this fight and the aftermath better. Like 
all along we kept saying it's important that he says how how good Aljo is. He never shied away from that. He always said two things. I'm I'm going to knock him out one and two. Aljo's the greatest bantamweight of all time. And he said it after. He said it out, uh, in the post fight press conference. He said I I feel really good about this win because I beat the greatest. And that's what a fighter should do. You don't go around saying this guy's crap and then actually was going saying like, "Ah, I told you guys he was crap. I beat him because then you did nothing. Then you did nothing. So uh, O'Malley, super smart in that regard. And yes, to have to keep Cheeto's name out there, even if he's he himself, I think I don't know if he's 100 percent sold on it. He talked more about Javante Davis boxing match than he did Cheeto, which is whatever. But but O'Malley has handled it really well. Uh, his promotion game is on point. You're right, Mike. It should be Cheeto. But I have a weird feeling. And this, I have a weird feeling they might run it back with Aljo. If, and this is, Aljo has to get on this now, though. Aljo has to get on this within the next, like, two days. He has to say, I want to run it back. I want another shot. He can't waffle between, like, oh, maybe I'll still go up to 145 now. Maybe uh, I'll stick around at 135 and fight someone. I don't know why he would do that if he sticks around at 135. It has to be for the rematch. He cannot waffle. He has to say something in the next couple of days. Because by Tuesday's matchmaking meeting, they will have moved on from Aljamain Sterling if he says nothing. They might still move on even if he does say something. We, 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 know, their, we know their history with him. Uh, they're not in the let's give Aljamain Sterling what he wants business. I understand that. But if I'm Aljo, the way he went out, I feel like he could have fought better. You know, um, And hey, maybe Sean O'Malley could have too. I'm not taking anything away from Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley won. He looked great. He proved everyone wrong again. I picked Sterling. Very wrong. Couldn't didn't get the fight to the ground. Lost the fight. That's how Sean O'Malley won. That's legit. Um, so, but if I if I'm starting, I'd like and I, I'm my part of me is curious of how a rematch would go. Maybe it goes exactly the same way, but I'm a little curious. Do you have any interest in seeing the the run back? Let me just say this, AK, because you are my best friend and I love you so much. Uh, but we talked about this in the post fight show. Maybe I was a little groggy, a little tired, and I'm still kind of feeling that way right now. So I'm not backing off it, it, with this whatsoever. Aljamain Sterling can drive a funk master bus to Sean O'Malley's house and just play air horns over and over again, have a bullhorn and say a lot of stuff about Sean O'Malley and the UFC camera. People can be there to film it all. Sean O'Malley is never, ever, ever fighting Aljamain Sterling again. That fight is never, ever going to happen. There is zero interest in that fight from Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley is going to treat this like Conor McGregor treated Jose Aldo, no matter what. Sean O'Malley is not fighting Aljamain Sterling. The only chance that this fight ever happens again is if, for some reason, Aljamain Sterling goes to 45, puts on a run, wins the title, and Sean wins like three or four title defenses, If and Sean becomes interested in going up to 45 and winning a second belt. Other than that, Sean will never fight Aljamain Sterling again. It's done. It's over and finished. So I would yeah. would I be interested in seeing it again? Yes. From a... From a fan perspective, I am fascinated to see how fighters can bounce back from a really tough loss. And that was going to be a really tough loss. That is going to stay with Aljamain Sterling for the rest of his career. He is going to be known as the guy that Sean O'Malley killed to lose his Bantamweight title. So I would like to see it. It's never going to happen, though. It's just not. It would be super harsh, too, if Aljo stuck around. Let's say he did get the immediate rematch. Because then they're doing that in O'Malley. They're probably finding a way to make Cheeto uh, and O'Malley, too, happen still if O'Malley beats or, uh, Aljo again so then Aljo's buddy Marav is like waiting another year to maybe get a shot of the title so it'd be pretty cold-blooded if he didn't get out of the way um but I don't know a weird part of me just thinks that if Aljo acts 
can show some interest in in getting this rematch that they'll book it because they love immediate rematches and they've given immediate rematches for less. Uh, but O'Malley does have a lot of options, right? He's in a, he's in another tier of of uh, matchmaking uh, choices right now, so it probably won't happen. But yeah, the fight it, it's it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Aljo Aljo talked about it at the press conference. Sean O'Malley was asked about it at the press conference, and he just goes, "Next question." <laughs> yeah, like he just he just completely no sold it. Mm. He, he's not going to be able to do it better. He just won't be able to. So that's it. Uh, and the reason is, I let's go to Aljamain Sterling. AK, I, I'll have you go first. Does Aljo move to 45 now? Is that move going to happen? Or do you think he does have a conversation with his buddy Marab and says, look, Marab, now that Sean O'Malley's the champion, he's going to do everything in his power to not fight you because he's a prize fighter at this point. It's a big star. What's going to happen here? What's next for Aljamain Sterling? I'm, I'm, again, I'm sticking with what I said. I'm killing two birds with one stone here with my O'Malley pick because I – and we don't need to dig further than this. I, I just have a weird feeling that again, Sterling can make this happen. Does the UFC want it? Is their first choice? Probably not. Again, there t- seems to be a ton of money in the Cheeto Vera rematch. Uh, everyone wants it, but it's because everyone wants it so badly and it makes so much sense is why I'm veering away from it, Mike, because the UFC has a tendency to drop the ball in these kinds of situations and booking an immediate rematch in a fight that you're right. O'Malley couldn't possibly top uh, is exactly the kind of tweet that uh, I expect to see tweet announcement that I expect to see uh, a couple of months down the road and people just reacting with raised eyebrows and, uh, and sighs and like, ah, let's do this one more time. It depends how much, I guess it depends how much this pay-per-view did as well. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know if you had like another idea, but so uh, the Aljamain Sterling banner, at least to my eyes, and this is kind of, kind of how I see it. Alger needs to leave Bantamweight. That's it. Because as long as Sean O'Malley's the champion, he's never going to fight for the belt again. He's just going to have to go through a murder's row. He's going to have to fight. He's going to have to fight the Umars of the world. Like the this is his this is what is going to happen if he sticks around at thirty five. So just go to forty five. Henry Cejudo should go to forty five. He should have gone to forty five immediately after losing to Aljamain Sterling because he wants the Volk fight and he could f- keep fighting at bantamweight all he wants. And even if he wins the bantamweight title, I still feel like that Volkanovski idea is just gone. It's just not going to happen. I don't think it's completely dead for Aljamain Sterling, but he's going to have to do something special to get that man's attention. So here's what I, here's what I propose. AK. He's going to take some time off and there's a guy that is headlining next Saturday in Singapore. It's Aljamain Sterling versus Max Holloway. That's going to be his debut fight at 145. We're going to give Aljo a shot. If he can go out there and beat Max Holloway, he, he makes at least somewhat of a case to fight Alexander Volkanovsky because we think Volkanovsky is going to go ahead and fight Ilya Teporia anyways. And worst case, if Volk wins and Islam beats Charles Oliveira, maybe Volk just says, all right, I'm ready. Let's go rematch Islam for the lightweight title. Aljo can sneak himself into perhaps a interim featherweight title fight. So if I'm Aljamain Sterling, I don't go all in on, I mean, obviously you take a shot at O'Malley and try to get that big money fight because that's a huge fight. But if you can't get it, if you're going to move to 45, Go after the guy you got to beat to even get into the conversation of fighting for the belt. Go fight Max Holloway. That's it. So that's the fight for me. That's Win or lose match. next yeah. Saturday against Zombie, that's the fight. That's a good matchup. I don't like Aljamain's chances in that matchup, but it is a very – it's a high risk, but very high reward. If he wins that, I, I don't see how you can deny him a it's shot. It's a huge – this is – yeah. It's a very high risk. It's a super high reward. There is no other fight for him at 145 that is going mm-hmm. to give him the reward of, the, of beating Max Holloway. If he loses, 
you know, we kind of have to take a look in the mirror and see what we're going to do here. What kind of fighter we're going to be. Are we just going to be a fight night main event guy? Are we going to be the guy the, the the guy who stops contenders from getting to Volkanovsky? Is he going to be sort of like the guy that gets in the way to get to Max Holloway? Or is he a guy that perhaps could get to a featherweight title shot? Him fighting Mobzar of Loyev or Bryce Mitchell or anybody like that, it does zero for him. It's a nice win, but he's still going to have to win. He's still going to have to beat a guy like Holloway to get there. So... He ain't a spring chicken. He's still pretty good. Let's take the shot and, and, and see what happens at this at this great point. matchup. So, two, two, yes. I think two, two, sure. I think top twenty pound for pound guys in the world. Uh, Aljo was number six heading into Saturday. Uh, Max Holloway number twelve. That's going to shake up now with the O'Malley win. Um, but yeah, two top. I mean, two top fifteen. I don't know how far. I don't know how far uh, Aljo is going to fall in some people's eyes. But uh, two top fifteen guys. That's a that's a huge fight. Tristan just said, Mike, I thought you wanted Max to go to 55. Sure. But I also thought Dustin Poirier is going to be Justin Gaethje. So I was hoping we would get a Max Holloway-Justin Gaethje fight. Justin Gaethje is not going to fight Max Holloway right now anyways because he's going to go ahead and fight for a world title against more than likely the the Islam Oliveira winner even before Volk can make that decision. So, yeah, I still want Gaethje. And I think Gaethje will probably lose to Islam anyways. So we could still get Max Holloway-Justin Gaethje. We're just going to get a little bit further down the road. So. That's for Aljamain Sterling. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Let's go to Zhang Wei Li, AK, because you were on the watch party as this fight was happening. There was no finish from Zhang Wei Li, but... If you weren't going to get a finish, this is about as good as you could do it. This was the definition of one-way traffic. Somehow, Amanda Lemos got around from one of the judges. I just don't see it happening. This was pillar to post. It was a record-shattering performance in terms of the, the strike statistics. Go look at the stats on this fight. It's just the more you look at it, the more crazy it is. But John Wei Lee is going to be very tough to beat. So this is a two-horse race, AK. It seems pretty easy, but it is a two-horse race. It's Yan Nan and it's Tatiana Suarez. So I kind of feel like this is easy. Are you going Yan or are you going Tatiana? I'm going Suarez? Yan, and I don't. I don't even think we should get a friends forever for this. No, I think this absolutely is pretty not. obvious. Last time I matched me for Tatiana, I said she's done more than enough to earn the shot, but the Yan Zhang fight just makes too much sense. So I was, I gave Tatiana, I think Tabitha Ricci. I'm like Tabitha Ricci. It's a stay busy fight. Or top of the reach, she upsets her. Hopefully that doesn't happen for the UFC's plans. Uh, but yeah, Suarez, I think, can afford to do one more fight before getting the shot. It's Yan Xiaonan time. Uh, it just makes sense. It's been, it's, they just, they, they, oh, it's a fight that both women have been interested in. They just needed Yan to get on that run. And it looked a little shaky there for a while. She got trucked by a Carlos Barza. And there was kind of this moment I certainly had where I was like, I don't know if Yan's going to make it to that uh, number one contender spot. But a few good wins strung together, exciting knockout. There you go. That's all it takes in the UFC sometimes, right? So, yeah, this is the way to go. It, it's, I like to challenge it for Zhang. Um, talking about the Lamosh fight, I'll just say I, I, I was okay with giving Lamosh round four. I wouldn't have. 
but she was on the way to winning it before I think Zhang kind of won it back in the second half. So it's not like the worst scorecard. I think if you had a shutout for Zhang, it definitely makes sense. It was a great performance. We talk about, Mike, we talk about Ioana Jacek. You know, she won a lot of those kinds of decisions, and we call that death by a thousand cuts. This is like death by a thousand, like, sledgehammers. Because <laughs> um, she was punching Amanda, punching and elbowing Amanda Lamosh's face in on the feet, uh, inside her guard, from half guard, from side control. From any angle she could find to throw a punch or an elbow into Lamosh's face, she was doing it. So... Love the Zhang Weili finishes, but if we have more performances like this, because, I mean, Yan Shonan's pretty tough, too. I can see that going five rounds as well. If we have more performances like this where she is just bludgeoning her opponents, uh, I don't mean to sound sadistic, but uh, it's going to be a really fun second title run. Yeah. I mean, that's the fight. Uh, there are rumblings. Dana sort of winky-eyed confirmed this during his press conference last night. There are rumblings that the UFC is going to go to China before the end of the year. Mm. And... If we can get Zhang and we can get Yan in there for that card, it's just going to be absolutely massive. One of the the Chinese reporters had mentioned that Zhang's fight did like 1.8 billion views in China, which oh. is or something about her in regards to this fight did 1.8, not million, billion views in China. So they'd be crazy if they didn't go there. If they didn't get there by the end of the year, December could be a very interesting time. It could be a very, very interesting time. So we're going to have a pay-per-view. That will probably be a fight night event headlined by Zhang Weili versus Zhang Jana, which is absolutely incredibly massive. Yeah, that's the fight to make. But AK, you know what? I I like to give consolation prizes as well. Some people yeah. are like, ah, oh, man, Tatiana Suarez kind of lost out on all of this. My original plan, and it was thwarted last night, which completely flew under the radar. My plan after Tatiana Suarez's recent victory was Zhang Weili is going to win. She's going to fight Yan Zhonan. They do in a fight night main event, an apex kind of a main event, which is a pretty solid one, do Tatiana Suarez versus Mackenzie Dern. I liked that fight. It was a win-win fight for the UFC. Tatiana's probably going to win that fight. But if Mackenzie wins, they, they've been pushing Mackenzie Dern towards this opportunity for years anyway, so it all works out. We found out when they showed Mackenzie Dern in the crowd last night Mackenzie Dern is fighting Jessica Andrade at MSG at UFC 295. And that I didn't even notice it until somebody screenshot it in our Slack channel. I was like, whoa, that just came out of nowhere. So we got to keep Tatiana Suarez busy. She can go fight Amanda Lemos. There you go. Give her the Amanda Lemos fight. There's her fight. I mean, Amanda's going to need some time. Suarez can just kind of chill and, and wait for Lemos to be ready. This fight could happen maybe by the end of the year. Who knows? You could... Put it on the same card as the title fight. That wouldn't be a, a horrible idea either. So, yeah, that's the fight for me. We do Lemos versus Suarez, and if Suarez can pass this test, then it's a no-brainer. She gets the title shot. That's it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the direction they're going to go. Again, I I match made for Suarez last time, so I just went with a different name for Lemos. Uh, I think she's I, unfortunately she's going to have to fight back because she's fought a lot of the uh, ladies in the top ten already, win or lose. Uh, so she has to keep going back, back, back. And then some of these women are already booked, or at least women to be booked. So I went as far back as um, Luana Pinheiro, 3-0 and in the UFC, uh, number 10 in my UFC rankings in this weight class. But um, yeah, I think Lemos Suarez makes a lot of sense as well. But uh, if Luana Pinheiro wants to, if they want to give her a bit of an opportunity, then it could be her that gets uh, gets the Lemos fight. Yeah, she's going to have to take another fight. Or, you know, maybe Tatiana's like, all right, I'll just be the backup. But it seems like a lot of work to to travel to China, be the backup, and not fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think, and I think Tatiana sort of making up for 
lost time, right? Just might as well get another test and get mm-hmm. that other win and get a little more octagon time before fighting that fight. God, man, Zhang Weili versus Tatiana Suarez Amazing. is such wait. a crazy fight. I can't wait. 1.8 billion? You said 1.8 billion? 1.8 billion is those what are, he's told. Those are away. one championship. Those are Chatri Sitchadong <laughs> one championship numbers. <laughs> Unbelievable. Lowest hanging fruit. I had to. Someone had to say it, guys. It's the lowest well hanging fruit that you can t- grab in MMA these days. Uh, well done. Let's move on to another guy who was a big star in Boston all week long. His name is Ian Machado Gary. He took on Neil Magny. I was on No Bets Barred, so I placed a couple of bets. There were a couple that really stung one was Zhang Weili inside the distance not cashing the other was Ian Machado Gary by knockout I thought Ian Machado Gary looked fantastic but if this was if Ian who wasn't who he was and like a fight like this happened on the contender series and Ian didn't get him out of there like this could be one of those ones where Danish is like I'm not giving him a contract guys I'm oh. like, how do you not finish him like, oh, come on things. well not this year not not the last two seasons of contenders yeah. <laughs> I mean all you have to do is make it to the cage and perform <laughs> somewhat and you get a contract <laughs> these days but yeah. but still I, I think there's a there is a and I've seen it already there's a <clears throat> there's a contingency of fans who are like dude you couldn't get a one-legged guy out of there but at the same token this was an absolute run by Ian Machado Gary a 30-24 in there it was absolutely wild. He made the call out to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, AK. And Dana White was asked about this at the press conference. And Dana White was like, eh, we called Wonderboy, he turned it down. Just taking the dirt and burying it on top of the NMF. But despite what Dana White says, I feel like Wonderboy is kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. And Jed made an interesting point on the post-fight show. If you are Wonderboy Thompson right now, I understand that you want the Kamara Usman fight. I get it. You want to get the the quickest lane to that title shot if you can get it. But you're not in the good grace of the UFC. You got to find your way back. If you're going to fight Ian Machado Gary, you have to fight this dude now. You have to fight this guy now. Get him before he gets better because he's 25. His game is evolving. He gets better every single fight. If you're going to fight this kid, fight him now. I think cooler heads are going to prevail. I actually think this fight's going to happen. I think eventually we're going to get a conversation between Dana and the brass and, 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 and wonder boy. Ian wants it. We could do a, a, head, a main event fight night, main event. I don't think it's an apex main event. This is in front of a crowd. Maybe we do it for the end of the year. I actually think this fight is going to happen. I think we're going to get Ian Machado Gary versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson before the end of the year. Your thoughts. Yeah. Do we even get a friends forever for this one? It's too easy. It's, it's too easy. Uh, I I took like maybe a minute to try and think of an alternate answer. And again, just based on who he's fought so far, who's ahead of him in the rankings, like what's left for Ian Machado Gary to climb into the top 10. It's Steven Thompson. Uh, I don't know how truthful Dana White is being about, uh, you know, Wonderboy saying no, it could have been they called Wonderboy's management and Wonderboy's management might have come back. Oh, like, get, like, let us think about it. And then Dana White kind of could take that as a, well, they didn't say they didn't say yes. So it's okay for me to say they, they said no. Um, if there's any truth to it, I hope it's because Wonder Boy is in some position to negotiate for, I don't know, a better payday to take on such a dangerous opponent, but he's really not in much of a position to negotiate anything, is he, after uh, turning down that fight, which makes no sense to me. He should he should have turned down that fight and have suffered no consequences, but I don't know. This game is so crazy. People are criticizing Wonder Boy for turning it down. Dana White, as you said, <laughs> clearly not a fan of Steven Thompson not, ter- not taking that fight, despite all that he's done for the company. Um, but yeah, it's a great matchup. It's a top. T- it's a legit top ten guy. 
I think Machado Gary uh, will probably. I don't know. Does he sneak into the UFC.com's top ten with a win over Magny? I think because I think Magny was eleven. I, I think he'll be in. I think he's going to be in probably by. I yeah. think he'll be ten. Yeah. Magny was eleven in their rankings. Ahead of him is Luke and Sean Brady. So I do wonder will they jump Machado Gary over Luke Brady or even Jeff Neal because he was supposed to fight Jeff Neal and Jeff Neal uh, unfortunately could not make it to fight night. So I wonder if they're that high. When I say they, I mean the the media, whoever it is that votes in these rankings, um, will just go as far as say, well, he was supposed to fight Neil. He didn't fight Neil. He beat the better of two Neils, Neil Magny. Let's just give him the number eight spot. So he could be as high as number eight. I don't think so. I don't think he's as high as number eight, but we'll see on Tuesday when those new official rankings come out. I know he's not in mine uh, rankings. I still have him just outside the top 10, but um, yeah, it makes sense. Good. Dangerous fight too. Dangerous fight, but he should, he should win that one, right? He should just, just based on being younger and uh, you know, at a different stage of his career, but it's not like a layup and, and if and Machado Gary's smart, he's not going to sell it like one either. So um, that is the way to go. Charlie Weiss, last bell loop said, I want to see Gary versus wrestler. Not that Neil Magny is a wrestler, but he's definitely more of a grappling heavy fighter. Um, and Ian Machado, Gary kept saying at, at the press conference, he said he's, I don't know if he said he's the best jujitsu player in the world, but he said something. He's like, yeah. you don't, you guys have no idea. He said he might like mess around and go win a no gi world title because he's that good. But we'll see what happens. I, I actually do think this fight's going to happen, and I think this is more of Dana just because Dana does this, right? He'll just say this to try to like get under the skin and be like, "Wait, you don't think I'll fight him? I'll fight him." And I don't know if Wonder Boy is really going to fall for that tactic, but. They might have just called Wonderboy and said, hey, we want to just book this kid in the main event for the end of the year. Like, we want to go to a place and let's just have this fight done. So, yeah, I, I kind of like where he's at. Yeah. A lot far, of people, and away, far and away, the second biggest star of this, like, his, as far as his stock going up. I mean, it's Sean O'Malley. You can't top it after that knockout. But Machado Gary separated himself from the pack as well, as he said he would. Uh, he was great on the mic all week, I thought. Stuff with Magni got a little ugly, but, I mean, that is what that is. And then he performed the way he did. He didn't get the finish, but he provided a lot of sort of memeable moments, I thought. I thought there was a lot of like, you know, he got, got some good taunting in there. There's a middle finger. He gave uh, the UFC footage that they can use to hype him up, most important. The knockout would have been nice, but he gave them footage. Um, yeah, far and away. I, I guess Zhang Willie would be third, maybe. Anyone else that's just... Zhang was, was the number two star. Yeah. Like, oh, you in think terms so? Of, in terms oh, of pop. The reaction, yeah. In terms of pop, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I think Machado was over, stock though. is like, way, I think went way up is the second highest riser. Sean O'Malley, the, the number one by far, Machado Gary, number two. And I think everyone else is, is, a, is like a, a distant third. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was, it was an eventful card and, and Machado Gary made the most of it. That's for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't say he was great on the mic. He was kind of awful. <laughs> I liked him but, after. I liked but, him after. I thought, yes, I thought but, his post fight was pretty good. Yeah. The whole for Boston though, for the people that were in the, all the buildings he was at, it was perfect. Cause that's what Boston likes. They just, they like craziness. And, and Ian provided that for him. He had an open workout the night before the fight and it made that place was packed, packed with people who wanted to see him hit pads at a random pub in, in Boston. So good week for Ian Machado. Gary, we'll see if he gets the big fight. Mario Batista was on this main card. AK. I feel like he's going to be kind of passed over in all discussions when it comes to all of this. Cause it was just kind of a random fight to have in the main card with some of the action that had, you know, some, some really interesting matchups on the prelims that you could argue deserve the bump up. But Mario Batista gets it done over Damon Blackshear. Damon Blackshear tried to make history, tried to win two fights in seven days. Did not happen. But Mario Batista gets a decision win. 
Where are we going with with, uh, with young Mario here? I think I just settled on Pedro Munoz. Um, I was trying to think. That, I don't care about rebooking the Cody Garbrandt fight. Frankly, that would be an easy way to go. If they do that, would not be surprised. No issue with it. You want to give him a veteran name. Uh, but again, now he's on five straight wins in one of the toughest divisions. And I just don't think that was already a fight back. Now it's like a little further back. I'm hesitant to match him up with some of the other streaking bantamweights. Uh, again, any of those matchups would be fire. Uh, so I'm going to go with it. I think he's earned, if that's the right word for it, a fight with Pedro Munoz, who for me is still kind of holding on to a top 15 spot. I know people are going to look at his record and be like, well, he hasn't had a lot of actual wins, but look at his level of competition. Um, I thought he was pretty competitive against uh, Cheeto. So um, I think that's a nice win for Mario to potentially have as a resume. And for Pedro, again, someone as a veteran, you respect, you should be giving him good fights. You know, you shouldn't just be trying to set him up um, necessarily to be knocked down by these, uh, these younger guys. So, and I, do, I don't think that's what a matchup with Bautista is. I think it's a competitive fight and uh, win or lose. I don't think it hurts Mario Bautista stock too much. And, you know, you keep Pedro, uh, keep Pedro busy. He's a, he's a guy who deserves to keep, uh, keep getting good fights. Yeah. I, again, this is not even a friends forever. This is, this is the fight. This is where Pedro is right now. Good fighter. This is the test, right? He, he is the Bantamweight division's litmus test. If you're going to be a top 15 guy, you got to go and beat Pedro Munoz. They tried to Chris Gutierrez. Pedro Munoz is able to win. Batista versus Gutierrez. Uh, excuse me. Batista versus Munoz is a pretty interesting fight. So let's see. But I, I like that one as well. Who do you have for Marlon Vera, AK? Yeah. If, you're, if you're pushing for the rematch yeah. uh, between O'Malley and Aljo, uh, I already have my Vera pick because yeah. he's 1,000% going to fight for the title. But where, where did you have him? Where did you have him? If he doesn't fight for the title, I think the only fight that should be really be appealing to him is a rebooking of Cejudo. That's probably the way to go. Big name. It would again. It would suck if he lost. And that, but if you're the UFC, you're kind. You're kind of happy either way. They definitely know the Cheeto fight is big. But if you think they wouldn't love to promote Cejudo and O'Malley potentially, I mean, that's it's that's it's it's a fight both guys have talked about. I mean, they both talk about wanting to smash each other. So, um, yeah, that's just that's just a uh, if if Cheeto doesn't happen and they still want to line up another compelling title fight next, you get Cheeto, you get Cejudo in there. I still don't know where Corey Sandhagen fits in all this, Mike. I don't know. I don't know how you. I think he has to fight again. Honestly, right? dude, he has to fight again, which sucks. I uh, and that's fine. I think honestly, I think this all worked out for Corey Sandhagen. Oh, I really do. I think right. it worked out because he is hurt. Like a lot of people are like, "Oh, Corey's going to get passed over. He's the biggest loser." No, I don't think he is. I think he's an appeal. I think he ends up being an appealing matchup for Sean O'Malley when this is all said and done. And the fact that. Because even even Corey Corey showed up to had a small media day. He had a huge cast in his arm, and said he's not even going to be cleared to train, like not even train for six months. And then he's going to get into he's going to get going. Then he's going to book a fight and go through a training camp. The earliest I think we're going to see Corey Sanhagen is like July of next year. So by the like this division is going to shake out a bit, and I think people are going to be kind of even despite the Rob Font fight which I don't think he deserves all that flack for because he tore his freaking tricep like off of the, like completely tore it and still dominated Rob Font, which is a really good win. I actually think he's in a pretty good spot here. I actually think he's okay. He's not going to get passed over. It's, it's, it's not really a meritocracy thing. He's just out of the mix right now. So I actually think this kind of worked out for him. Him getting a rematch with Aljo is going to be much tougher 
than getting a fight with Sean O'Malley. Yep. So I actually think this kind of worked out for him. I don't think he lost anything on Saturday. I like that. I like that. I hope so. Court Cor deserves a shot. It deserves another shot. Uh, he stepped in on short notice at one time to fight uh, Jan in a title fight. And that was an amazing fight. But I, 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 after that fight was over, I remember I was thinking, this is not the last time Corey Sandhagen, Sandhagen will fight for a uh, UFC belt. And, and I hope that's true. Yeah, I know he's going to be pissed when he sees Cheeto's going to get a title shot. Though. <laughs> he's going to be so mad about that. That was not a controversial fight. I mean, or, or sorry, a not an unsatisfying fight. Like, I know people are pooping on the Rob Font fight. But let's not forget, before that, he also won a convincing decision over uh, Marlon Vera that was inexplicably um, judged a split. But anyone who watched it knows that should have been unanimous. One, one judge was just out to lunch. So he's he's done more. He's done enough. He's done enough to earn it. It's just the circumstances right now, like I said, right now aren't in his favor. But in the long run, maybe so. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, well, it's time to go to the wild card round, AK, and there's lots to choose from. It's not very wild for me. It's not very wild? <laughs> not, All right. Come on. So we're going to – we will match make for a fighter we have not match made for yet. It could be someone who who lost on the main card. Could be a prelim winner. Could be a prelim loser. Uh, could be a, a tough champion. Maybe a non-tough champion. There's a lot of different directions we can go here. And you guys could start throwing in your suggestions once we wrap up here, and then we're just going to go bananas until – the end of this, but AK, who is your UFC 292 wildcard selection? First of all, like everyone who appears on the Ultimate Fighter is a champion. So there's no such thing as a non-tough champion. They shout are champion Brad, by nature. Shout out to Brad Katona. Out, two two oh, fun the, fights in a row. The ultimate, the ultimate fighter, the ultimate ultimate fighter, the only two-time uh, ultimate fighter winner in MMA history, uh, probably one of the most backhanded um, columnists that you can give someone. But yes, he's been on the show twice. Uh, yeah, I pick for him. I pick for Kurt Hollibaugh. I love the Ultimate Fighter. I I have a pretty strong feeling on who's going to be next, even though it can go in a number of different directions. 
I think Katona has a little bit more of a future as a potential contender. He's just younger. Um, he's he's fought decent competition in Brave. Uh, won a title out there uh, fighting for Brave, a combat federation. So I still think he's you know just in his prime. I think he can get Cody Stamen. I'm not sure. I don't know if you think that's too Ooh. high. I got Cody somewhere in the top 25. I think Brad could get that fight. And for Kurt Halabaugh, uh he goes up against another Ultimate Fighter uh, veteran, Ultimate Fighter Brazil contestant, Joaquim Silva Neto BJJ. So there you go. Ooh. Just a little veteran-veteran fight. They're around the same age. They're probably around the same spot in the theoretical rankings that anyone would want to make. So there you go. I've got, I've got, I've got it already lined up. I hope they're watching the matchmaker meeting. You guys can cross this off the uh, docket right away. Katona Stamen, Halaba, Joaquim Silva. Shout out to Cody Gibson as well. What a freaking fight, man. That was awesome. And Sox it appears, up. yeah, it appears it appears he's gonna get himself a contract. So it much deserved. That fight was was really, really good. I like the Kurt versus Joaquin fight. I'm surprised you didn't go with the um I didn't, I'm surprised you didn't go with Kurt versus Patty, AK. I didn't know if he <laughs> if, if Kurt had had I leaped wish. over Tony Ferguson for that fight. He only I became wish. the 71st lightweight to call for a fight with Patty. <laughs> Someone asked for the points for show. Is Patty Pimblet the only lightweight to not call out Patty Pimblet? And I think it would be so funny if Patty just called himself out. He, yeah, he should. Unanimous across <laughs> the board. My, my only other uh, thing I wanted to do was reward uh, Silvamania, Natalia Silva and Karine Silva, because they showed out. I mean, they got great matchups. They showed out. Um, but I went with my, my tough boys. It was a great start from a betting perspective because I had the Silva the Silva parlay and it right away. If you were listening to No Bets Bard or even our preview <laughs> show and you guys didn't do the Silvamania parlay, you missed out on easy money, whether you would, would have wagered $5, $10, $100. That was easy money. The silver, this silver man is real. They should. I hope they always put them on the same card. The 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 parlays, the the big parlays I had were like the least sweaty of the night. Like, and that was like the least sweaty parlay ever. <laughs> and then the other one was was Natty Ice, Ian Gary, and Zhang Wei Li, and that wasn't very sweaty at all either, which is nice. Uh, speaking of Natty Ice, that's where I'm going with. I'm just so high on her. I've been high on her from Jump Street. I have deemed her Natty Ice. That is, uh, and it's starting to to catch on. I think everyone should just call her Natty Ice because that's what she, that's how she fights. She's just ice cold. The twitching, the movement, everything about her is just violence. And she dinged up Andrea Lee something proper. Andrea Lee is just incredibly tough and incredibly durable. Uh, it was a good next step up for Natty Ice. And I am ready to see her battle somebody inside the top 15. I see the Lauren Murphy idea. I thought about that, but I don't think that's the direction they're going to go. Natty Ice versus Casey O'Neill is the fight to make. Right. I, I know I, I know throwing like sort of up and coming contenders against one another is, is not ideal. But in this case, I think it works. Throw in there with Casey O'Neill. Casey was supposed to fight on the Sydney card, but it's a broken nose. It's something that's only going to take... It required surgery. From what I understand, by the t from the time of surgery, it should only take like six weeks to recover. So knowing Casey O'Neill, I kind of feel like she's going to want to get in there as fast as possible. And I think that's a fun fight we could do at the end of the year. So Natty Ice versus Casey yeah. O'Neill. Let's get her a ranked fighter and and let's go. If she beats Casey O'Neill, it's let's strap the rockets to her. There is something that. about Natty Ice. There is something about her. The English is getting a little bit better. She there's just an aura about her. She used that, up a lot of mic time. Yeah, she's. I think she's responsible for a lot of fighters later not getting mic. <laughs> she used. Uh, pra praise be, praise be Natalia Silva. But boy, she used up a lot of that mic time. That I feel like poor Andre Petrosky at the end of the prelims was like, what? What the hell? I don't know. No mic time for me. It's like, well, 
Sorry, Andre, you know where it went. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Andre, yeah. Well, they, they also said, too, because it, I don't even really blame Natty Ice for that. I blame uh, the judges and the commission for that. Oh, that, too, because so. they, they took them so long to do the scoring. But Forever. I think it, I that might be the Nat- longest splitty I've ever seen. I think if Natty Ice hadn't held a little mini sermon in there, uh, there might have been a little time for... <laughs> Petrosky day because yeah, he's a great uh, we, we saw a great his great he has a great story we saw on the mar which he got into you know put out a little inspirational message out there but certainly for you natty ice uh i did want to ask uh I, we should get move on but where would you rank uh natty ice right now mike and i'll make it easier i don't know if you had time to look at your own rankings so i put her i had her like borderline top 20 outside she leaves in the top 15 now so she i put her over tracy cortez and that's pretty easy Jojo, I put her over Casey O'Neill already. Would you put her over Casey O'Neill already, or do you want to see them fight first? Uh, where did I put her? I have her. Natty Ice at twelve. I have yep, her exactly over Casey. How do we O'Neill. do this? This is a friends forever moment. Exactly the same. Yeah, exactly yep. the same. Yeah. She is at twelve. It's uh, number eight, Chikagian. Number nine, Lauren Murphy, Jennifer Maya, Macy Barber, Natty Ice. Okay, so 12. you do have her ahead of, ahead of Casey O'Neill right now. I have her three spots. I have Casey at oh, number 15. Okay. I have Casey one spot behind, just right, right behind her. So, yeah, good fight. All right. So, at this time, go ahead. It's wild card time. Oh, Mike, sorry. Let me shout out oh, go ahead. quickly. Let me shout out quickly. Uh, Southpaw picks. I'm giving you a live show at no point. He called for Chase Hooper versus Jordan Levitt, which looks like it's going down November 18th. He called for this fight back in May. So, sir, take your live point. Southpaw picks. I am, uh, congratulations on that. I will let people know now. Send in your picks, people. It was wild hearing Joe Lozon at that Q&A say that he wanted Chase Hooper and the UFC basically told him, like, your services aren't required on this card. I'm like, what? How the hell? Like, Joe Lozon? Jesus Christ. Craziness. Craziness. All right, let's go. Uh, You want to just do the the quick rundown of the rules and regulations? What constitutes a doo-doo pick and whatnot? Yeah, I'll just let people know. uh, Please try not to match up people who have already fought. the easiest thing to look up is, are you picking a name that is booked? I know we're doing a live show now, Mike, so we got to be a bit fast and loose. People are just going to be throwing out names there. But it's really easy to check. You have your phone next to you. You can go to Tapology. You can go to MAFighting.com. You can go to SureDog. Whatever resource you want to use, check if these people have already fought. Uh, there might be notable injuries. There might be someone pregnant. Don't send us a name if someone's pregnant, please. That's that's not hard to look up either. Uh, and sometimes, Mike, there's just some picks that we're not going to re- want to read out because they're doo-doo. Fair enough. All right, let's see what we got here. Toby, O'Malley hey, Toby. versus Cheeto, Jean versus Jean, Gary versus Brady at MSG, Mario versus Cody. Rebook it, sure. I, yeah, I, it seems like Mario's already passed that at this point. And if I I'm Mario, so. I'm not yeah. interested in booking that one, even though it's a name. It's just, you can't really rely on Garbrandt at this point. Pedro versus Jean, I like that one. Robocop versus Tavares, Katona versus Stamen. Friends wow. forever. How about that? Friends forever. Uh, Kurt versus Miller, Natty Ice versus Lucky lauren murphy kurt i said i mean jim miller jim miller yep i don't mind that one no i don't mind that suits that suits the jim miller current career arc right now yeah i'm totally down with that wyman versus dominic reyes double retirement so yeah wyman's in a tough spot banged up Dana white said uh an mcl tear perhaps wyman on the post fight show with the ufc said i'm gonna be back better than ever I only want to see one fight for him, AK. And let's just re-sign good old Lukey Rockhold for a one-fight deal. And let's just let's just close the book on that. Like that. I don't want to see Chris Weidman fight anybody else besides Luke Rockhold. That's it. I don't want to see anything else. 
I don't want to see him fight anybody else, period. I'm a huge Chris Weidman fan. I think this is like the best possible way he could have gone out. A valiant, I agree. A, a valiant effort in front of a, a, a super supportive Boston crowd. Class opponent in Brad Tavares. You could not ask for a classier opponent in middleweight. And the fact that he made the distance. I, I thought when he started limping in round two, I'm like, oh, this is going to get stopped. It's going to get stopped. Uh, but worked out the kinks. Adrenaline kicked in. I don't know. Got a second win. Battled back. Some people said he, I think he... Well, there, there's a, there was a 29 28 in there, right? No, it was 30 27 across, oh, the, across board. the board. Okay, I think he's he thought he might have won the second round. Um, but and that's the way he should go out, he should go out with positive feelings, thinking I performed well, but I didn't do enough to get the W. I am satisfied, but hey, I'm not Chris Weidman, I don't know the mentality it takes to get where he got to. I understand if he wants to fight again, but this was a very nice way. If we don't see Chris Weidman fight again, this will be a nice memory, I, I yeah. think. But. As I said on the previous show, this was the best case scenario for everybody. Was that Wyden got back in there, went to a somewhat competitive decision, didn't look completely out of place, got hurt, but didn't get like badly, badly hurt where it like affects the rest of his life forever. And I think the last injury probably did that, but it, it just didn't get too terribly worse. And then Wyden could just be like, all right, I tried, I came up short, now I'm done. And he goes out kind of on a high because if he goes on wins, he's just be like, I want to fight Hamza Chamaya at 185. So he can get that title shot. Like no. you, that's just how the man is. No. It's just how he is. Yeah. Don't do that. So no, please. No. This would, this would be a good exit, but it doesn't feel like Wyman's going to go. So if he's going to fight one more time, just sign Luke Rockhold and let's do that rematch that we were supposed to get a couple of different times. So, uh, but I would be okay if this is it for Chris Wyman for sure. Uh, Jfish Robocop versus the action man. There we go. Chris Curtis no longer fighting on September 16th. Ian Gary, after he beats Wonderboy versus Ooh. the JDM Kevin Holland winner. Yeah. I feel like if he beats Wonderboy, he's going to be so far ahead of both of those guys. Oh, really? In the way people yeah, view him. Yeah. Uh, like Mario, Bati Mario Batista versus the Chris Gutierrez Montel Jackson winner. Like dig, that dig as it. well. Uh, we already got some of that one. Joe Lozon versus Patty. All right. That'd be that'd be pretty freaking cool, man. That's a. I feel like we've mentioned that on a show before. I don't know if the ship has sailed on that, but I do feel like that was one where we were like, "This makes a lot of sense for where where Patty was at the time that we brought it up." But yeah. I, I don't know. That would have yeah, that would have been great. The right fight for Joe Lozon is it's Joe Lozon, um, it's Joe Lozon versus Tony Ferguson at UFC 300. That's the fight. <laughs> Uh, Tristan Aljamain Sterling versus Brian Ortega, Brad Katona versus C Rod. I think C Rod has a fight booked. I don't know if it's been announced yet, but he is saying that a contract has been signed. I believe Mario Batista versus Ricky Simone. Sure, Kurt Holabo versus Alex Munoz. Is Alex Munoz booked? Oh no, he just fought. What was the first fight on that that you just read out, Mike? Um, uh, Sterling versus Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega. Yeah, it's gets. Not terrible. I don't think it has served quite the same purpose as him fighting Holloway. Like you said, if if he beats, because even if he beats Ortega, it doesn't feel like that's guaranteeing him a title shot. It's it's a it's a cool matchup, uh, a very tough fight, but it's not like you suggested, Mike, with Max Holloway, where he gets that win, boom, number one contender. People want to see him fight Volkanovski. He beats Ortega. There's some intrigue there, but it's not it's not automatic. There's another Aljo versus Ortega. Wow. Yeah, uh, Calvin Cater at his Q and A said that Brian Ortega was interesting to him. I don't mind that fight. Hmm. I don't mind that fight. Ortega's been out for a while, dealing with some injuries. Cater, dealing with an injury of his own. He thinks he can fight by the end of the year, and if somehow Ortega can get back, I don't mind that that piece of business right there. Uh, what about Mario Batista versus Dominic Cruz, AK? 
Uh, I think Mario Batista would love it. It's one of those fights I think Cruz not particularly interested in. He's he's a really good at not avoid. I don't want to say avoiding fights. I don't think he avoids fights because I don't think he gets sent all these contracts that you know we're we we suggest and fans suggest. Uh, but I think he's very good at angling and letting the UFC know like I might not be ready to fight. You know this time, this time, this time. So you know, send me the right opponent. I might be ready to fight a bit sooner. Would you say Chris Weidman had that dog in? No, him? I would not. <laughs> no, I would not. Aaron Bronstetter, if you're out there, I don't know if you saw Aaron. Did you see Aaron's tweet? I did not. It's like it was kind of funny. It was just like all it's like a million dogs inside of Chris Weidman. I was just like, no, I'm not even acknowledging it. Someone sent it to me. Someone sent to me, and I was like, well, thanks. Now both our nights are ruined. Uh, so screw you. This is literally the name. If you're, I was gonna say, but hey, you take it easy. <laughs> Gary versus Thompson, Gary, then Gary versus Burns, then Gary versus Covington seems to be the path Ian will he's, probably have to. So, but Gilbert Burns was in Ian's corner, so yeah, I don't think he, they're ever going to fight each other. He joked about it. He joked about the post fight. He was like, I thought I would just call him out as a joke, but uh, no, they're not going to fight each other. They're boys. They're very, they're pretty tight. Rudy likes Gary versus Neil at MSG, then Gary versus Wonderboy quarter one 2024 to headline UFC Dublin if they go back there. Can I can I just say this is what I mean when this man's stock is rose is people are when, when people are booking not just your next matchup, but like your arc when they're booking an arc for you. That is when people are super invested in your career. Like they they can see what you see. You know, these guys like uh, Machado Gary are like they have they have a plan. And for a lot of the fighters, these plans don't work out so far. His is going well. And the fact that he has people buying into it. And also trying to help like map out this plan. It's he's legit. We saw again, we saw the ascension of two stars on Saturday um, to different levels for sure. O'Malley on a level of his own now with some other people that made no sense. I was an oxymoron, but you know what I mean? He's on level with uh, he's in rare air. Uh, but Machado Gary also, I think, stepped up to maybe that that B tier of of, uh, of stars. And uh, that's a big deal considering he's not even fought for a tell yet. Monterey, Sean versus Cheeto, Henry versus Marab on the same card. If both are healthy enough, Zhang versus Jean put Tatiana on the card to set up the next fight. Ian versus Wonderboy at MSG, feature fight or pay-per-view opener. I kind of feel like that's a five-round main event. But that is interesting, though, because I think if they offered Ian Gary to Wonderboy at MSG, I think Wonderboy would probably take that fight. Three-rounder at MSG, I think he would do it. Yeah, Machado Gary he said he doesn't want to fight New York because of the taxes. I think a lot of fighters are kind of taking the attitude. Um so I think that's the only thing that they would have. They would have to maybe sweeten the pot a little bit uh, yeah. for Machado Gary. And he does have leverage, I think, at this point. Probably right. Someone someone had asked earlier, why does Cheeto Vera deserve a title shot? And this is very simple. He doesn't necessarily, from a meritocratic perspective, deserve it. But this is what the UFC does. This is the biggest fight probably in Bantamweight divisional history. It will have the most amount of eyeballs. Sean O'Malley is going to be a big star. And peop- everybody loves Cheeto as well. This this is going to do like 800,000 pay-per-view buys if they can get this fight together and do it by the end of the year because of, of the casual appeal of both of these guys. It's a gigantic fight, and there's a story there. And we're, we're going to get the payoff, potentially. So it's not, a, it's not about deserves. It's just about what puts butts in seats and what makes people say, I'm going to spend $79.99 plus implicable taxes to purchase a pay-per-view. And that fight will absolutely do it. So... Um, and listen, he, he beat him. I mean, uh, uh, Cheeto beat him. There's a history. That's the one loss on O'Malley's record. I think O'Malley would a lot of great champ. Look at the GSP. He has two losses on his record. He avenged them both. Um, a lot of champions don't get that opportunity because the timing just doesn't always work out. O'Malley has an opportunity and what, what I'm digging way back here. Why did Jeremy, Jeremy Horn get a title fight against, uh, Chuck Liddell back in the day? Cause he beat him. 
he beat him once upon a time. Was yep. you know, just was he was he the number one big time number one contender when they rematched? No, it's just it was years later. But you have the history. That that history means a lot. That's a, that's a that's that's a very easy way to sell a fight. And the fact that O'Malley has talked about that fight, um, you know, <laughs> feeling like he won the fight and that doesn't or or that uh, you know invalidating. Chita's performance uh, means it's still fresh in people's minds. That fight has never gone away from being a topic of conversation for either guy. And it's an easy sell. So, yeah, it's not my number one choice. But uh, if you're the UFC, you see dollar signs there. A lot of Ortega versus Aljo suggestions. Um, Mario Gutierrez, Jackson winner from mm-hmm. Brandon Lemos Suarez. You know what, AK? There is one fight at Bantamweight that act, that involves Aljamain Sterling that is somewhat intriguing to me. And I think it would be somewhat intriguing to him as well. And it's not a title fight. Logan Sheets opened my eyes a little bit. I don't think this is going to happen. I still think he's going to go to 45. However, if he stays at 135, I think this fight makes all of the sense in the world. Yeah. yeah Aljamain I Sterling saw, versus Dominic Cruz. I saw a couple of mentions. And if you're Cruz, we talk, I, talk, I was talking before. I feel like Cruz has some, you know, ability to strategically get himself big matchups. How can it get bigger than this right now? He's this, he, this uh, the number two bantamweight, number three bantamweight in the world, wherever you want to put Aljo now. I don't know if people feel like putting Marab above him or Sergio Pettis or something like that. I, I, I think he's number two. Um, how can you go higher? If you're Cruz, you do it. You Cruz, you win. Screw it. You set up some weird random ass title shot with Sean O'Malley. You lose. It's you don't so care. easy to you sell. Lost to Aljo. Yeah. So, uh, Dona Cruz, if you're out there, start politicking, man. Use whatever favors you have. Tell Dana, you know, he owes you one. I mean, if that that's even a thing, try and get this fight because it totally makes sense. Who's the greatest bantamweight of all time? Who's that's all you got to do. Oh, it's go. a two horse race. Let's settle it. Let's settle it right now. Much Mike, like you're John making Jones too much sense again. You're making I too like much it. sense again, Mike. You're making too much sense again. It's not going to happen, but. <laughs> I would if he if he's gonna stay at 135 for one more fight and doesn't get in Marab's way, that would be a good one to just kind of settle the debate. So, uh, Weidman versus Mearshart as his retirement fight. That's not terrible. That's another recommendation from uh, Screw You. Thank you, Screw You. Uh, that's not terrible. That's really not terrible. If I have to see Chris Weidman fight again, seeing him fight Gerald Mearshart would be would be pretty fun. Uh, Ashitosh Cheeto Marab title eliminator. No. If this is Bellator, no. that's the fight we're getting, but oh, yeah, it's yeah. not Bellator. We're not getting that fight. <laughs> Tito's idea. fighting for the title. Terrible. He's he's fighting John O'Malley. Yeah. Let's see what else. Another Aljo versus Ortega. Uh, let's see if I have any, anything. Brad Tavares versus Paul Craig, AK? Uh, sure. Sure. We're not talk- I feel like we're not talking about Brad, Brad Tavares enough. Great effort. Yeah. Was, was being trotted out there, essentially. Not to lose, but there was definitely a chance he would lose. And uh, did what he does. He he Brad Tavares, uh, Chris Weidman for three rounds, got another decision win. Uh, he's a decisionator, and guess what? There's nothing wrong with that because he's been fighting in the UFC for, for over ten years. So keep those checks coming in, Brad. Aljo versus Arnold Allen. I don't think Aljo takes that fight. Um, Sugar versus Marab to avenge Aljo's loss if he does go up. I think they're going to do Marab versus Cejudo, and I think O'Malley will probably want Cejudo to win that fight. Um, this is going to be a very like interesting title reign because O'Malley is going to treat this as a prize fighting thing. And he mm-hmm. was, it seems pretty clear. Like there's only one fight in this division that gets him excited at all. And it's Cheeto. Cause he just wants, he wants to draw and make a ton of money. And the Marab one would be really interesting, but that was like the one name that O'Malley didn't say at all, whether for good or for bad, he did not mention Marab's name at all. Uh, and he shouldn't. 
the other name he shouldn't mention, and I want to ask how long do you think it's going to take this guy to get to the shot to get a shot? Uh, Umar, how long? How long can he avoid Umar for? Yeah, Sean O'Malley's never fighting Umar Nurmagomedov. He should not happen. I think I said this after Umar's last win. I would pick. I would legitimately pick him to beat anyone, any bantamweight in the world. I think he is. I'm not ranking him number one because I think there's some achievements that need to be done. But if you're just asking me to pick. One band, who, who, which bandweight will win? Will beat Azmi Sterling, beat O'Malley, beat whoever you throw in front of him. I think it's Umar. I don't know how long it takes him to get to the title. Uh, I don't know if he has to fight Marab, fight Corey Sanhagen, fight Cheeto at some point. I don't know. This dude is going to get that title. Uh, and you're right, Mike, maybe uh, O'Malley should get out of there, <laughs> whether it's move up or vacate the title, go box Javante Davis. Oh, God. Before, before Umar comes to knock it. <laughs> Oh my God. I, I, I mean, if, if there is a legit number less than zero, when it comes to percentages, find me that in my oh, um, interest levels for Sean O'Malley versus Javante <laughs> Davis, like absolutely zero. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, no point of rankings. And look, there, there've been no point in the UFC rankings forever. No, just marketing. Just, just to sell. Oh, just, sell. oh, number three is the first fighting number seven in this fight night event. So you have to tune yes. in. They don't mean nothing. Uh, Zhang versus the winner of Grasso Shevchenko. I don't want her to move up yet. No, me neither. There's two Strawweight huge is, fights for her. Strawweight is rocking right now. Strawweight is... I, I, I'm a broken record, but I'm going to say it until I see everyone talking about it. Strawweight is so good. It's not deep. It's not deep. Uh, but it is really good. There's, even some of the lower tier fights have been have been competitive, have been exciting. Um, we've still got a lot of like fun veterans hanging around. So it is... I love Strawweight. I, I honestly think it's the third best division right now behind... Uh, lightweight and bantamweight i will go i will make this case right now uh, i've been making i'm sorry i'll continue to make this case i think strong is the third best division uh at least in the ufc right now if you want to go to other promotions maybe some some others can leapfrog but um i love what i'm seeing from strawweight and i want to see zhang fight all these up all these uh, contenders that are better hanging around all right a few more that i gotta get out of here robocop versus uh bo nickel seems like andre petrowski really wants the bo nickel fight i kind of like it someone i someone did me and said why not oh oh why not tavares for bo nickel and i'm like that's actually such a perfect like brad tavares fight that is what you keep brad uh, tavares around for right that's the next step i think mm-hmm. bo gets one win and then his next fight is is brad tavares oh, okay okay then one he gets one. in the top 15 and then we could start really getting after this thing there's there's legit no reason to rush bo nickel right now he's three he's four wins away from probably fighting for the belt let's just go crazy yeah just just, just i like the Petrosky fight i like that one yep love it that that makes that makes perfect sense at this point yep. we have anything else Petrosky doing all the promotional work for the ufc that, that that's why the ufc should book matches like that because they don't need even need to do anything. For Trust, he's, he's called him out in interviews. He's called him out uh, a fight night. All the clips are there. Just put the clips together. UFC has to put zero dollars into promoting a Petrosky Bo Nickel fight. So uh, that's the way to go. I do, and, and like I said earlier, I don't think Corey Sandhagen lost a whole lot here. I do think Sean O'Malley and Corey Sandhagen would be a really fascinating fight. I think it's a fight that Sean O'Malley would take. So it's again, we're not going to see Corey Sandhagen until probably the summer of 2024 at this point with that injury. So. Yeah. I don't think he lost a whole lot here. I think yeah, he's gonna be, think he's gonna be kind of pissed that to see Cheeto fight for the belt after he just kind of ran him over. But it is what it is. Uh, yeah, Lemos uh, versus Verna. I want to say uh, Terrence Leverett was saying uh, Corey's gonna beat him. I see VJ and Natarajan also saying Sanhagen's gonna get that belt. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm done doubting uh, 
Sean O'Malley unless he fights Umar. If he fights Umar again, I'll I, I pick Umar to run over anyone. But I Sean O'Malley, I thought he's gonna lose to Jan. I thought he was lose to Aljo. Uh I guess I would doubt him if he fought Marav too. But now even then, even then, Mike, I think I have to stop doubting him. I think there's something to this kid. Uh as far as being a legitimate top tier champion. Um, so if he fights, if he fights Marav, guess what? I'll tell you right now in advance, I'll pick O'Malley only because I've been so wrong picking against him. Um, so any anyone but, uh, but Umar, that's my hashtag for, <laughs> for Sean O'Malley. Anyone but Umar, I'll pick Sean O'Malley to win. Well, all right. I think we're going to wrap up here. Uh, thank you all very much. We'll be back next week. We got, for those who like early day MMA, it is early day MMA next week. I believe the prelims start at 8 a.m. Eastern or UFC Singapore. Uh-huh. No, 5 a.m. Eastern. I'm sorry. 5 a.m. Eastern, which is even better, in my opinion. I like okay. that a lot. We're okay. going to have a full day, dude. We're going to have a full day. We can record on to the next one at lunchtime. Do we have PFL on, on Friday? I think so. And, who, and you know, it's perfect. By the time PFL ends, the UFC car is going to start. No, it's by sweet. the time... No, what do you mean? By the time PFL's third main card fight is up, <laughs> then the UFC will be starting. Yeah, the UFC will be three fights in before PFL ends uh, with that <laughs> pacing. But God, uh, this Singapore card is actually sneaky good, especially at the top. We have Max Holloway versus Korean Zombie. I know some people are like, oh, why is this fight happening? Zombie wants it. It's his last fight. Holloway wants it. Um, he's just, I don't know. Max is just going to kind of, just, he's just going to punch him a lot for five rounds and it's going to get ugly at times. But this is what Zombie wants. This is a retirement fight. There you go. Oh, PFL is on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, thank still, you. Still, that, that makes the pacing joke even funnier. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, still, there is a very real opportunity. There's a very real chance that PFL will still be happening by the time uh, the UFC card starts three days later. So we get Holloway Zombie. We get Anthony Smith versus Ryan Span two. We get the return of Giga Chikadze against Alex Caceres. We get Rinya Nakamura versus yeah. Ferdy Garcia. That fight is gonna be a freaking chaotic banger. Aaron Blanchfield. Versus Tyler Santos is a huge fight at 125. We got uh, Waldo Cortez Acosta versus Lucas Bresky. We got Chidi and Jokowani versus Mikel Zaychek. That fight's going to be insane. Kanan Song versus Rolando Bedoya. Na Liang versus JJ Aldrich. We got Toshiyami Kazama versus Garrett Armfield. Yusako Konoshita versus New England's own, New England's own Billy Goff. We got Seung Woo Choi versus Jarno Ahrens. And yes, I know we said Max Holloway versus Korean Zombie is the main event, but the people's main event, beyond the shadow of a doubt, is Junior Tafa versus Paka Porter. This, I mean, this is such an opportunity for Paka Porter. And then he can call John Jones for the rematch. I love everything about this. We get Paka Singapore, congratulations. Congratulations. You get Paka Porter on Saturday. I, I was like, did he miss a fight? Oh, no. and then, of course he didn't miss a fight. And then I, well, then I saw who with a fight you missed, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's it's a wind up. He's winding this one up. All right. Just like the classic song, you go and save the best for last, AK. Okay? Oh, you go and save the best for last. But you guys are the best. Appreciate it. Get some sleep, everybody. Uh, I, I'm very excited to get home to the fam. And this was a, a really fun weekend back to Boston and then doing the watch party last night. We'll post the clip of the Sean O'Malley knockout uh, in a matter of moments. It is delightful. We didn't get it up last night, but I'm going to post the clip of the watch party reaction to Sean O'Malley becoming the Bantamweight champion of the world in a matter of moments on my Twitter. So uh, next week, normal show be recorded. So submit your auto picks like you usually do. Hit up AK. 
on social media, hit up me on Instagram, send us the messages. We'll get it. We'll get back to, to the normal thing. But until then, everybody, you guys are the best. Thank you very much for watching and or listening. Always remember the golden rule. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun and we will have more fun next week following UFC Singapore right here on on to the next one, the podcast. Peace out, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.